And why can't they find her pops, man? Because he's probably dead. His body will come popping up in the last reel somewhere. Eyes gouged out, fingers cut off, teeth knocked out. See, the police are always off track with this shit. If they'd watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. What's up, you guys, and welcome back to Cinema Slab. I'm your Scream Queen, Anna. I'm your Gorgal, Hannah. And tonight we are reviewing my birthday pick, and it is Scream from 1996. I thought, woo! what better way, woo, to celebrate <laughs> my birthday than with my crown favorite horror movie of all time. And yep. also my namesake, I am the Scream Queen, so I found it fitting. Yes. Hannah also loves Scream, so I knew she would yes, totally do. be down. And sadly, Hunter couldn't yep. join us today, but we do have his rating. We're going to plug at the end for him because he yep. actually hasn't seen most of the screams that we grew up with. He watched no. Scream 5 first. Yes. Then went back and then watched one. the original Scream. Then we all went to the theater to see Scream 6 together, but he yeah. hasn't seen 2 through 4. No. So we're going to have to start making our way through the franchise, I think. Yeah. So definitely. we can make Hunter watch them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But this is, I mean, this is a movie. I love it. I grew up with it. I can remember sitting in my dad's room watching it with mom and dad and my mom putting one of my dad's hats over my head to cover my eyes when Billy and Sydney were having sex. But I can remember still seeing through the mesh of the hat and, and I was still trying to peek to see what was going on, you know? But it was the first horror movie that it, it scared me, but I had more fun with it and enjoyed it than I was scared. Yeah. Than I was scared of it because, you know, Ghostface is iconic at this point. But other than Freddy Krueger, all the other masked bad guys didn't talk. I mean, except for yeah. Hellraiser and, you know, things like that. Right. But when you think of like the masked killer with a knife. It was always the same person. We knew who yeah. Michael Myers was. He had a mask on. Same goes for Jason. And even though Freddy Krueger talked, he was still the same person every time. It was right. different yeah. when Scream came out because we, we, it was the who done it, the mystery. We didn't know yeah. who was doing these. Who it was. It's a mask, yes, but we don't know the person behind it. That's the mystery. And yeah. all the other movies, that's already kind of laid out for us, you know. Yeah. I think that's a lot of what draw like draws people to these movies, young and old and new and I mean new people because every movie you know it's gonna be a mystery for you. It's gonna be fun to yeah. figure out who the killer is. Yeah. That's one of the main points of these movies is, you know, a bunch of friends together just like they were in Scream you know, the original Scream gathered around watching the movie and yeah. Randy's talking to them about it, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh but yeah, that's what's fun about this movie is getting Getting to figure out who who did it. Yep. So yeah, it's always fun to play the detective. Yes, try to figure it out. But this is one that's special to you too, Hannah. So tell us a little bit about your first time watching it and when you first saw it and things like that. So uh, 
this is one of the first horror movies I probably ever saw, uh, along with like Amityville Horror and Poltergeist, because like Poltergeist was like the only movie my mom would like, scary movie my mom like let me watch. It's that Spielberg and effect. So, yeah, <laughs> yes. And so uh, I was at my cousin Ashley's house, and I can't remember if we rented it. We probably rented it, to be honest. We always were going to Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. There was one here in town. Mm-hmm. And so we sat down and watched that, and I just remember that it just had an effect on me. I loved it. It it shocked me the like the and I and me and Anna were talking about this. I think I watched an unrated version because yeah. I remember Steve's organs like coming out and Falling. when he gets his belly, yeah, when he gets uh cut open. And I because I was telling Hunter about it, and then when we watched it, we must have not watched an unrated version because he's like, This is not as good as how you described it. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I don't know why, but that's just how I remembered it. And I was telling Anna she's like you watched an unrated version you're not crazy yeah and so uh but yeah we must have somehow got a hold of an unrated version me and ashley were in a tour we watched all kinds of stuff we shouldn't have been watching Same. but like she was like my horror movie per- she was my horror movie person as a kid yeah and we would always watch that was what we like to do and so scream has just been one of those movies for me it's a comfort movie now it's one i can watch over and over you know you guys all know the gorgout does not watch movies over and over again unless it's something that's near and dear to her and she really really enjoys it so exactly yeah this and like i said this movie just had an effect on me as a kid and i've just grown to love it more and more as i've as I've gotten older yeah, and uh, getting to go and see the newer ones in theaters again, it just makes me feel, I'm getting goosebumps now, but <laughs> yeah, this movie, yeah, this movie means a lot to me. So Definitely. yeah, that's, that's where it all started for me as far as Scream goes. Well, let's go ahead and jump into it and drop the spoiler horn for 1996's Scream. <laughs> and we'll get into our first segment. Let her explain. Explain. For those of you who aren't aware, Let Her Explain is the 30-second segment in which Hannah, the longest-winded person ever, must attempt to synopsize whatever movie we are reviewing in 30 seconds or less. Hannah, are you ready? Oh, you saw. got okay. this. I <laughs> yes, I, I got it. I got you it. You got this. All right. 30 seconds starts now. Okay, so pretty much the mo- in the movie, we follow Sydney Prescott. She's our scream queen in the movie. She is getting stalked by this uh, ghost face killer. That it's not really. I don't know if they even call him that in the movie, but anyways. He, like, he's, you know, dressed in this ghost face thing, and the whole movie you're trying to figure out who it is, and at the very end, you figure out it's two two of the guys, one of them is Sydney's boyfriend, and the other one is, like, his best friend, and, and yeah, pretty much. I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> yep. You covered it. <laughs> I mean, there was, a, yeah, I left a lot out, but, but yeah, I think I covered it pretty well. You hit all, you hit all the major points. Yeah, I hit all the high points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Who is this? If you tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? Because I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. 
It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Like scary movies. What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Ever under any circumstances say I'll be right back because you won't be back. Get another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. He didn't make the rules. The police are always off track. If they watch Palm Night, they save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. scream a year after the murder of her mother a teenage girl is terrorized by a masked killer who targets her and her friends by using scary movies as part of a deadly game yeah and this is one of those it's it's got one of the most iconic openings in horror movie history yeah across the board and it's also one of those opening scenes that even if you don't like horror movies, you still know what it's from. It has that uh, effect on pop culture yeah. and moviegoers. And if you know anything about movies, you know about the opening to Scream. Right. And it's interesting because Drew Barrymore was cast as Sydney Prescott to start. And she's yeah. the one, she was really the determining factor behind Wes Craven taking the job because yeah. he at that point in his career was kind of worried about his karma and he's made all these horror movies yeah. and violent movies. You know, and he was just thinking, do I really want to do this again? Like this opening shot. Yeah. And so he passed. Sam Raimi passed. George Romero passed, which is crazy because, you know, we have the Romero love here on Cinema Slab. And wow. I brought that up to Hunter the other night. And he, I was like, I just can't, we just can't see Romero doing it. And he mm -hmm. was like, well, definitely not because he's like the zombie guy. He's the monster yeah. guy. And unfortunately, he does have that title of the godfather of the modern zombie because every trope we know about zombies today came from him. And yeah. so just to think of him making a slasher movie, I just don't know if it would have had the same effect on people as it did with Craven because he'd done Nightmare on Elm Street, Last House on the Left, um, The Hills Have Eyes, Shocker. Yeah. I think that might have came out after Scream. I'm not sure, but I mean he that people under the stairs, like he's notorious for scaring people. Yeah. And I mean, zombies can scare people too, but it's a different kind of fear. It's not that, yeah. it's not that home invasion fear you get with Scream because right. Ghostface is coming to your house. He's not going to pick you off in your car somewhere, which I mean, he does yeah, and it's later not, on in the zombies, franchise. You know, yeah. Zombies are like, you know, they're, they're not driven by, uh, what am I trying to say? Emotions. Is driven by, yeah, emotions. And he's trying to get, like, he, he wants to kill this person for a certain reason. That's yeah. scary. Mm -hmm. Zombies are more of like, you know, they, they've got something wrong with them. They don't know what they're doing. They're infected. Instinct. 
yes it's not like they know that they're trying to keep i mean they're just hungry and trying to eat like they yeah. don't care but like the actual ghost face killer he has emotions he has rage he know he has a plan of yeah. what he's trying to do yeah and going back to what you were saying me as a Raimi lover i couldn't see Raimi really i mean he could have done it and i'm sure it would have been okay i feel like it the the comedy would have been over the top mm -hmm. it would have been really gory like you were saying when we we talked about it the other night but yeah it, it's like you were saying with romero it just it wouldn't have that same feel if yeah. it had been Raimi or romero you know it craven just yeah he put his little special magic into it and it mm -hmm. and it became the beloved classic that it is so definitely yeah i'm with you i, I don't think any i think he was meant to direct it oh yeah for definitely. sure yeah the late great west craven he was just great at creating that yeah. scary movie atmosphere he just did it and he had really had his finger on the pulse of that, just as Kevin Williamson had his finger on the pulse of the way kids talked. You yeah. know, he I, I'd mentioned to you about how he it kind of feels like he's he's us now at that time, because, you know, we're in our mid 30s, early 30s. Yeah. And but we still know what's going on with the younger kids and the generation. Like we know how they talk, the sayings, yeah. you know, I, I'll, I'll bust out a bussin every now and then. And Hannah's like, <laughs> what? Are you um, or yeet. We yeah. yeah, like the witch that got Something yeeted like in Conan. That. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll just crack us yeah. up, you know, but we still know what's going on. And Kevin Williamson definitely knew what was going on. He wrote Dawson's Creek. Yeah. And teaching Mrs. Tingle. And I mean, Dawson's Creek was one of the biggest friggin' shows in the 90s on TV. You yeah. Know? Didn't you say he wrote The Faculty? Oh, yes, also? he did. Yeah, he wrote The Faculty as well. That came yeah. after Scream, I think. Okay, um, yeah. But not too long after it, so. Yeah. Another That's prime amazing. example. That's a great little teen movie. Mm -hmm. It's a horror movie. Yeah, oh, definitely. But to, but I've said all that to say it was Drew Barrymore who got Wes Craven to say yes. Because once he found ah. out she had signed on, he was like, Drew Barrymore in the lead? Okay, I'm in. Yeah. And... It is produced by the Weinstein brothers, which we kind of discussed how that's kind of the little yeah. schmear on it a little bit. Yeah. But on the flip yeah. side, it was more Bob Weinstein than Harvey Weinstein. And yeah. he, he really liked the horror genre. And I think he felt that it, you know, it could come back and yeah. he wanted to have his hand in the money pot before it started filling up. You know, yeah, and that's why they launched Dimension Films, and that just opening Dimension Films title is iconic now, yeah. even with the faculty and that offspring song, and, 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 and you see the Dimension Films light up. Same thing with Scream Dimension Films, and the phone's ringing, and that instantly yeah. sets the tone. <laughs> and you see this pretty girl, pretty blonde girl, hello, hello, yeah. and this just creepy ass voice on the phone. And she's just yeah. having a conversation with him. I don't know about yeah. you, but I would be like, you got the wrong number. And I'd be hanging up. I would not be. Yes, I would be too. I would not be entertaining. <laughs> Shit, I don't know. Knowing me, I probably would just start. <laughs> I mean, depending on what kind of mood you're in, if you're distracted or something, you might yeah. just start start jabbering and not even realize it. And be like, wait a minute, who am I talking to? I can see well, you doing they this. they hook me with movies, I'm really going to want to talk to them at that point. True. Yep. 
Because that's oh, what's man. what the killers in this movie do. They use horror yeah. movie lingo as a way to stalk and kill their victims and play games. Uh, what's your favorite scary movie? That line is yeah. iconic now. And Very, it all started yes. with Scream. And right. Kevin Williamson was house-sitting, and he was watching some true crime documentary about that killer in Florida. I can't remember which one it is. But he called his friend because he was home alone and kind of scared. And he called his friend to kind of just chill him out. And they started talking about scary movies. And the line, what's your favorite scary movie, popped up. And yeah. Kevin Williamson also grew up with all these horror movies. And he enjoyed horror. So he knew all the movies. And this yeah. is the first horror movie where we see all the other horror movies that we love embedded in these fictional characters pop culture you know they know it too that's what makes makes the like the line in the video store what's that uh, werewolf movie with et's mom in it randy's like the howling horror straight ahead it's just so good and then like the in randy's monologue about these are the rules of scary movies yeah it had never been broken down before until it happened and then you know you kind of put it they put it in black and white and we see it explained in this great monologue and a lot of people had never thought of it that way before like oh damn (laughs) but back to the opening scene it's great and he's basically that one line where he's like i want to know who i'm looking at and that's when you realize oh shit he's outside somewhere and she caught it too and that then she's on high alert um but he starts asking her horror movie questions and what's the guy in the uh, with the white mask who stalks babysitters. Come on, you said it yeah. was your favorite scary movie. Then he tricks her with the Friday the 13th question. And I got Marley with that one too. I was watching it the other night and he, she heard him ask the question and she goes, yeah. and I was, and I was like, nope. And he's going, nope, that's the wrong answer. Yeah. I was like, no, you know, the mom's the killer in the original. Right. But you have to think in a high stress situation like that. You, I mean, you might just, um, you know, you hear Friday the 13th, that is synonymous with Jason. So you're immediately going to just think, Jason, you know, and that's what she did. Yeah. I probably have no doubt in my mind, like, well, I say, I probably have no doubt. That makes no sense. (laughs) But I have no doubt in my mind, she knew who the real killer of Friday the 13th was. But she just, you know, in that moment, she was just in that high stress situation because it was life or death for her freaking boyfriend. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that's when he's asking. Yeah, that's when he asked that. And she she misses it. No. uh, It's the second question. Because she said the first. She gets a a bonus round for herself. Right. Yeah. Uh Okay. Yes. But that ends Steve's life. And that's when he gets gutted yeah and um but yeah you just have to think in a situation like that yeah there you just i just don't feel like you you know as soon as he says friday the 13th it's like jason yeah <laughs> you, you know? gotta cut, so, cut her some slack yeah you've got to cut casey some slack here yeah oh man yeah i could see myself yeah. doing the same thing just Me too. I, I can see it slipping out and then being like oh shit like after i've already <laughs> yeah. said it damn it now exactly. sorry sorry boyfriend you're dead yeah. my, my sorry, Rick, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah the the bonus question she gets is actually which door am i at and that's yeah. even creepier oh, yeah. and she kind of there's a chase around the house she evades him for a little while but she sees a car coming up and it's actually her parents coming home yeah. and he busts through the window stabs her in the chest 
strangles her to where she can't scream and that's just absolutely heartbreaking when she sees her parents walking up to the front door and she can't yell help and she just whispers basically mom it's it's heartbreaking heart-wrenching i know oh my gosh and then when they can hear her on the phone breathing and and gasping and the dad tells the mom to run down to the street run down the street to the mckenzie's and that's the same the same thing that Lori tells tommy and Lindsay in halloween i need you to run down the street to the mckenzie's and that was kind of an homage to that which i think is cool but yeah when the mom leaves we get that blood curdling scream on the front porch the dad runs out and we get that fast zoom up to her hanging from the damn tree She's been yeah. stabbed and oh yeah, she's a goner. Oh yeah, she looks awful. Oh. And it was Drew Barrymore's idea. Like that's the whole reason why she decided she would rather do the opening scene because it's yeah. kind of the same way with Psycho and Janet Lee. You know, she's the main build character and she dies not even halfway into the movie and you're like well, yeah. where is it gonna go now and she, i mean her face is on the poster still every yeah. poster we know has drew right. barrymore's face in it and she's dead in the first 10 minutes i think that's just brilliant oh i do too movie I man feel like even as a kid when i watched this that got me because i was like you know because all you see is drew barrymore on all the posters on all the vhs covers yeah and so usually in your little kid mind that's synonymous with okay that's the person that's probably going to survive you and know be the, and be the main and, character yeah and then when she just gets completely just obliterated in the first scene or the opening scene yeah it's just like man okay like what am i in store for the rest of this movie exactly exactly and that would that kind of worried wes craven he was like man i just signed back on to this movie because she's gonna be the lead girl but now she's wanting to do this but he had to have thought it was a good idea or he never would have went along with it right yeah and and during that scene too something had happened on set where the power surged or, or went out or something or another and they had two different phone lines on set because uh, Wes Craven didn't want them to see Roger Jackson, who does the famous ghost face voice. They didn't want him. He didn't want them to see his face or what he looked like. They wanted it to be yeah. even he wanted it to be even more creepy for them right. and even more scary. But something had happened where the power surged and something had messed up their phone lines. So there's one scene where Drew Barrymore's got the phone, but nobody's on the other line. Nobody's supposed to be on the other line. She's just acting at that point. Yeah. But she's actually dialing 911 on the phone during the scenes, calling, screaming, because the phone line is now connected to the regular line. So she's actually calling 911. And it just hang, screaming and hanging up, screaming and hanging up. And finally, 911 called them and they were like, what the fuck is going on over there? And they, you know, production basically had to be like, sorry, we're shooting a movie. This wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That'd be my luck. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a great little piece of trivia. Oh, that's mm-hmm. funny. But yeah. Then we oh, get the, my gosh. we get the screen title card and we meet Sydney Prescott. She's at home typing away. Her boyfriend, Billy Loomis, sneaks yep. in the window, says the exorcist was on. It got him thinking about her. Like, that's another little plug in there to a horror movie. It's like, yeah. the exorcist was on, but you were thinking of me. Okay. Okay. What? Uh, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> and her dad comes in and says he's going on his business trip. He's very much an absent father, kind of, just because he's working all yeah, the time. Just, yeah. And we find out later in the movie that the one year anniversary of her mother's death is coming up yes. within the next few days. Yeah. And her mother was murdered allegedly by a man named Cotton Weary. And yeah. Sydney's the one who put him in jail because right. her testimony. Yeah. She testified seeing someone leaving her mother's house yeah. wearing a coat and, you know, she just fingered him. Yeah. And it, because of that, he's in prison and, Everybody thinks that the mystery solved. So the yeah. anniversary is coming up and, and then now these new murders start happening and they go to school the next day. The news reporters are there. The cops are there asking all the students questions and we meet the core little friend group that, yeah. you know, we follow throughout the movie. Sydney's played by Nev Campbell. Uh, Billy Loomis is Ski Ulrich and we got the lovely mm -hmm. Matthew Lillard as Stu Mocker. Yes, as Stu Mocker. Mm -hmm, that we met at Horror Hound. We'll keep talking yes. about it. We loved him. <laughs> <laughs> he was an absolute gem. Yeah, I absolute mean, gem. Just... National treasure. Oh. And Stu's girlfriend, <laughs> Stu's girlfriend Tatum is played by Rose McGowan. And Jamie Kennedy is, is the best friend Randy, the movie nerd. He knows all the stuff about all the movies. He's yep. the one who gives the rules speech. He works in the video store. He's like our kind of guy. Definitely. And they pull Sydney into the office, and that's when we meet De uh, Deputy Dewey Riley, who's Tatum's older brother, played by David Arquette. David Arquette. Mm -hmm. And he's in his early 20s, just this bumbling kind of deputy. Wants he's, His heart is always in the right place. Definitely, he always yes. just wants to protect people, even if it means laying his own life down on the line. He might be stumbling yeah. out there, Barney fifing it while he's doing it, but... Yeah. He'll always show up to protect them. He's one of those cops, you know, like even if nobody's watching, he's going to do the right thing. Yeah. Like he, exactly. he's, he's a cop for the people. Exactly. He's the kind of cop every cop should be. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and we've got Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers. And oh, it, yeah. she really had to convince them that she could play this role because at that point she was just known for being Monica on Friends. Like she yeah, had some other parts, but I mean, that's still her breadwinner. You know, that that's a show that's going to be making boogers of money till we're long gone. Oh, yeah. And but she really wanted this part and she convinced them that she could do it. And she does. She plays a great bitch and she owns up to yeah, that she role. Does. She gets better as the series goes along, but she yep. very much started out as that character you love to hate and how quirky and quippy she didn't care. She was going to do what she had to do to get her story and she didn't care who she screwed over in the process because yeah. she actually wrote the book, The Woodsboro Murders, about what happened to Maureen Prescott, Sydney's yeah. mom. And she, in the book called Sydney a Liar, which Sydney confronts her about later on. Yeah. And, and she, Tell Sydney that she sees Cotton all the time. She visits him in prison and his story has never changed. He, he yeah. admits to screwing around with Maureen, but he never killed her. Yeah. And Sydney at the, it's starting to also kind of doubt herself, especially with all these other murders happening. Now everything's yeah. starting over again. Did I really see what I saw that night? So yeah. not only is she dealing with a killer killing her friends. And she's still processing the trauma of her mom's death. Mom's death. But now yeah. she's starting to wonder and doubt herself. Did I put an innocent man in prison forever? Yeah. For something yeah. he didn't do? Like, that's a lot right. weighing, weighing on her. And she really yeah. plays that 
Nev Campbell really plays that part well. Like, yeah. like she, she, she's so good. Yeah, she's not naive, but she's just. I don't know how to describe her. Like she's, yeah. she knows what's going on, but she's not going to go there until she's absolutely pushed to that well, point. It's just one of the, yeah. And it's just one of those things. Like she has an image of her mother that she wants to keep and uplift and wants it to be wholeheartedly true. Yeah. And we come to find out that it's not exactly true. And her mom, I mean, she probably was a great mom to Sydney, but she yeah. kind of lived this other life and she was a slut. Like we come, come to find out that that's yeah. just, she's the yeah, town hussy sleeping around with right. all the other married men. Yeah. So she's dealing with that as well. Like she doesn't want to admit in her mind that, okay, maybe my mom was having some affairs on my dad and this did open the door for, you know, maybe it wasn't cotton. Okay. Well then did I, did I testify against an innocent man and put this innocent man in jail and yeah, or in prison? I mm-hmm. would assume he's in prison, oh, but yeah. yeah, so she has a lot going on. And then at the beginning too, when Billy comes in there, we kind of find out that they haven't been doing a lot. You know, he's wanting sex yeah, and she's kind of been, I don't think that they, I don't, the way they kind of hinted around was that they had done it because he was like, we were hot and heavy. Well, for a little bit but then but that could just be like you know making out and other stuff yeah. you know everything so, but yeah because i don't think she was uh, or i think she was a virgin because i think that's why he was trying so hard to get her to not be a virgin so he could kill her yeah you know, because mm-hmm. that's the rules yeah so um but yeah so you find out that he's kind of been pressuring her and she doesn't want to have sex because you know she doesn't want to She's thinking in her mind, I don't want to be like my mom. You know, like if my mom was that way, I don't want to be like that. Exactly. Yeah. And because she kind of admits that later on in the movie when they finally do have sex. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Sydney's got a lot going on in yeah. this movie. She and does. I think, I don't know. I think she's my favorite screen queen. I got to say. Besides she's you, mine. of course. You're oh. my, you're my oh. <laughs> But in this, <laughs> in Sydney Prescott. Yeah. But yeah, I have to say, she's probably my favorite. Yeah. Of, all, of the movie Scream Queen, she's got to be my favorite. She, she's awesome. I love her because she really is. This, yeah. She's really sweet at the heart of her. Yeah. She cares about her friends and the people that that's close to her. And yeah. I love her friendship with Randy and Scream 2 once they go to college. And yeah. And I just, I just think she's a gem, like of a young woman. Too. And, and like yeah. you said, she is trying to hold on to that image of how she saw her mother. Cause like you said, she probably was a great mom, you know, just cause yeah. your mom, you know, and was, well, kudos to Maureen in a way for not doing it directly in front of Sydney's face. Right. You know, exactly. she's at least, she's at least hiding it. But I mean, that's gotta be yeah. a shock that you find out all of this shit about your mother after she's yeah. murdered. Not only like she, she right. didn't just pass away in some accident or, you know, natural causes. She was murdered by yeah, someone. Totally. Yeah, and then all this other stuff's coming out about her being a hussy and sleeping around with everybody while she's married, and they are too. Like, that's a hard, I don't know, that's just a hard place to be in that community. When when you're also a teenager and you're in high school and you kind of have your own thing going on, you know, everybody knows, I'm sure, Sydney Prescott's... um, Oh, how does Cotton describe her and scream to the lovable and fucked up Sydney Prescott, everybody's favorite victim, you know? <laughs> um, but, exactly right. 
Yeah. Uh, so, but, and then all this shit happens with your mom, and now your whole reputation is kind of ruined in the same light because of that. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's all happening in a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody yeah. knows that Maureen was a hussy, all yeah. besides Sydney. I know. And I'm sure that's hard too because they don't, you can tell like a lot of, they all feel sorry for her and they don't want to, you can, you can just tell that they all probably believe that it wasn't cotton and that she was, you know, just kind of going along with, what was kind of put in front of her because she wanted to she wanted to believe it was him yeah um and just be done with it i'm sure and have closure but yeah you can just kind of tell it's got that small town feel where everybody kind of knows the truth except sydney yeah <laughs> but and, and not that exactly that they know who yeah and not exactly that they know who killed her like killed maureen but i think they know that it wasn't cotton so yeah but or they're just thinking maybe oh maureen got her into one situation got herself into one situation she couldn't couldn't get herself out of you know she finally fucked with the wrong person and in a way she did (laughs) yeah kind of like they saw it coming you know it it was it was inevitable in their minds i guess you know to them and it always sucks too when you're the only one not in on the joke you know yes and it doesn't matter how far you take that or how insignificant it might seem when you're the only person not in on a joke about something to do with you and your life that sucks you know i've been there several times obviously not to the degree that sydney was at in the film but i mean i remember how that felt just for something quote-unquote insignificant as it was and i can't even imagine something yeah something to that caliber you know, your mom yeah. being this way and everybody knows about it, but you, but you like that sucks. Yeah. And you're her kid. Yeah. So to be honest, I can understand why she wasn't thinking about sex or anything like that. Like she's got too much oh, on her mind to be worrying about exactly. what Billy wants. Go on, Billy. Exactly. And of course he's got them teenage hormones and that's yeah. all he's thinking about. Yeah. And we find out later on in the franchise that he obviously went and ran with those hormones right. with other yeah. people, which I yeah, mean, he always, around. Yeah, he always gave off that vibe as a schmoozer, you know, as he he was a cheater. And if he it was kind of like, I don't even really think he cared about Sydney. It was just like a conquest for him. Like this, all this sweet, sweet little Sydney Prescott, this virgin. I'm going to get with her and I'm going to be this big man. Yeah. And later on, we figure out why it was such a conquest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, in the ending. Mm -hmm. So he was going for it. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he cared a bit about her. So, no. And that's so, ah, God, that's yeah. so sad. Especially, too, like, she just slept with this dude. Like, I for girls, peeps, it's different. That first time, yeah. like, it is just, I don't know, there is just something about it for a girl. Mm-hmm. And guys just don't, and it may be some for some guys, you know, it, it's special. But, yeah, for most guys, it's just like, meh. Yeah, yeah, for the- I'm, I'm, yeah in and out literally in and out. I'm, I'm good yep yeah for most guys it's that way i don't care yeah, who says otherwise girls, it's just yeah more and special for some girls it can be like that but for yeah. most girls that i've met and like in high school when i'm talking to my friends and they're telling me about the first time and then they break up with that guy it's it's heart-wrenching yeah like, it it's is rough yeah. So imagine poor Sid. Here you go. You just lost your virginity to this guy, and then you find out he's the kid. Oh my gosh! Yeah. He's the one killing all your friends. Yeah. 
So yeah, they're the cops are trying to find out what really happened to Casey and Steve. Gail's sticking her nose yeah. in every corner because she's trying to get her story. Um, because yeah. they because she really and truly thinks that it's the same killer that killed Moraine because she doesn't yeah. believe that Cotton killed him, killed her. <laughs> right. Tatum, being the good friend she is, she wants Sydney to come stay with her because her dad's out of town and you don't need to be by yourself with with a killer on the loose and your dad gone. And yeah. so that's when we get the first interaction with Sydney and Ghostface on the phone. Hello, Sydney. Like the first time we hear it. She's like, hi, who yeah. is this? And yeah. they just go back and forth and he eventually does pop up. We get that great. She, he's like, do you like scary movies? And she's like, man, they're all the same to me. Some big breasted yeah. girl <laughs> is running from a killer. She should be going out the front door, and but she's running up the steps. And it's so funny. Two scenes later, she's doing the same yeah. thing. <laughs> but but we have to give her credit because she did try to go out the front door, but she yes, couldn't she get the tried. latch. She yeah. couldn't get the latch off. Ghostface was coming with the knife, so she had to right. turn and run. Can't blame her. Yeah. But we also Me know either. too, like from the start of the movie when she kind of locks her dad out, that her closet door opens up against her bedroom door, and yeah. it can't the other other side of the door can't be forced open. So yeah. she knows that, okay, well, she's got this setup going on and she can get to her computer and dial 911 from AOL or whatever. Yeah. And then the killer leaves and not a minute later, we see Billy at her window. That's the yeah. first like red flag. We're like, all right, how is he there? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I heard you screaming. And we've already seen him pop in her window once. So we're, uh, so we're like, okay, right. maybe this is just a regular occurrence. But then the cell phone falls out. Of his pocket. Yes. And plops on the ground. Yeah. And that slow little. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) And Sydney sees it. And by the look on her face, she almost didn't know that Billy had a cell phone. Like that wasn't something that he just volunteered the information for. Um, Yeah. But that's something other than like Black Christmas and When a Stranger Calls where the killers are using landlines in the house or something like that. Yeah. This is really the first time that I can think of in a horror movie where the killer's using a cell phone. They can get around. They can be right outside your house and calling you and people aren't going to suspect yeah. they're out there. Yeah. And it exactly. brought on a, a whole new level of fear. But because of the 911 call on the computer, Dewey's already downstairs because she sees the phone and freaks out, runs yeah. back down the stairs. Out the front door, and Dewey's there like a goober holding the mask right up. And they both scream, which is hilarious. Perfect little, you know, breath of fresh air moment. And he's like, yeah. oh, I found this. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> and then he, like, waves the Calvary in. Yeah. And, and they oh arrest Billy. Yeah, they arrest Billy. They think, and they think he's obviously the killer now. Gail's shown up. Tatum finally made it today yep. and get Sydney. But they all yep. go to the police station. And the sheriff's basically asking Billy, like, what are you doing with a cell phone? He's like, oh, everybody's got one these days. I didn't make yeah. the calls, I swear. And his I dad's there. The call, sheriff. Yeah, his dad there telling him to call the phone company and get the phone records. And yeah. Billy stays in jail until they find yeah. out proof that he really didn't call. Right. Sydney goes home with Tatum. We get that great shot in the alley outside where she decks Gail. That's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'll send you a copy. Bam. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Gail did we deserve that watching, one. Yeah, she did. When we were just a little fun fact about our favorite little brother. When we were watching this the other day, he was like, he goes, 
okay, why were we rooting for Gail in Scream 6? Yeah. <laughs> I said, she gets better. She gets better as it yeah. goes on. Well, they finally get back to Tatum's house, and Dewey also still lives at home, so they do have pr- his protection yeah. there, which is cute. But yeah. they get a phone call from the killer, and Billy's in jail. So we're like... Yeah, so it's like, what? What? Like, if they knew... The, the, there had to have been a cop standing over him while he made his one phone call. They would have had yeah. an instant record of who he called at that moment. And especially with Dewey living at home and him being a deputy, they would have known that, okay, he just called one of our deputies homes. So yeah. something's going on. Right. So at that point, you're like, well, damn, maybe we're wrong. Maybe it's not yeah. Billy. Because not how me. how could he make this call? Yeah, And Sydney's starting to wonder the same thing. And then even the killer, Ghostface, is telling her, looks like you fingered the wrong guy. Again, that's creating even more doubt. Maybe this is the guy who killed her mom. Maybe he did fucking pick the wrong guy. Yeah. So poor Sydney's just getting fucked up. (laughs) Just all this stuff. Oh, my God. My stomach would be in turmoil. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mine, too. We'd be in a tizzy. Yes, we would, dude. Oh my gosh, I'd probably be going into crying fits. I know. Oh, and I and they end up, <laughs> yeah, and they end up going to school the next day, and and mm-hmm. uh, they find out Billy was released because he didn't make the phone calls. And she yeah. asked Stu because Stu and Tatum are together. I don't think we mentioned yeah. that, but they're dating. So they're all at their lockers, and Sydney's like, is Billy really pissed? And Stu says, what, you mean after you branded him the candy man? No, his heart's broken. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love that. So it's now we're like, uh-huh. she's like, stop. And she's, then she starts whacking him with that yeah. sucker on his forehead. You could hear that hit, and you know she really was whacking him with that lollipop. Oh, God, you know that hurt. Lollipops like, are hard as hell. Oh, my God. Oh, man, that's a good thing. I love them as a couple. Like, they had such good chemistry in this movie. They did, yeah. I, I, and, I mean, Billy and uh, Sydney were good, too. But, yeah, Matt Matt and, uh, or, I mean, I need to call them Stu. Stu and Tatum, yeah, they were, I, I really liked them as a couple. I did, too. They had great chemistry. They, they were, me. like, the, the funny, eccentric couple. Like, you can definitely yeah. tell they're probably one of those couples that broke up every month at least one time. Yeah, because they make it actually make a comment about that at the start when they're all sitting around talking about Casey dying, about how yeah. Stu had dated Casey at one point, yeah. and then Randy's like, "Oh, before she dumped you for Steve," and Tatum's like, "I thought you dumped her for me," and then they're like yeah. just going back and forth. So you can definitely tell that they're probably one of those couples with the, where the drama happens. But right. what we see of them, they do have a lot of chemistry. Yeah, they do play off of each other really well. Yeah. But uh, we also need to mention, too, that Henry Winkler, the Fonz, plays yes. uh, the principal. He was a great yes. little addition. Love him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he, he gets it with a pair of scissors because uh, yeah. he's confronting two kids are running through the hallways screaming with a ghost face costume on, yes. freaking everybody out. And I'm like, man, principals could not talk to kids like that these days. Like, you would be going to jail. Because <laughs> no. he takes yes. those scissors and he's like, I know. Like, you disgust me, and he's cutting their shirts. And I'm like, damn, maybe he's the killer. Right. But then in the next scene, when he dies, 
he's killed with those same scissors. So then you're kind of thinking, well, maybe it's one of those two guys, like these background yeah. guys. Maybe it's not somebody we know. Maybe it's yeah. somebody in the background. Yeah. But in that, right before he gets killed, too, there's a cameo from Wes Craven, and he's dressed yes. up like Freddy Krueger. Little Freddy Krueger outfit. Mopping the floor, and he pops yeah. out and goes, damn little shits. Would you call me? Yeah. Not you, Fred. <laughs> Not you, Fred. <laughs> Great little. Wes Craven was funny, too. Like, he had a good sense of humor. Everybody, like, any interviews I've seen with people who've worked with him, they're all, they all said that he had a great sense of humor. Like, above yeah. all. And, yeah. Which is really cool that he, and I think it helps too with him being a horror director, how he could play off the horror and comedy really well. He also had his finger on that pulse too. Yeah. They all said uh, too that he was just such a great guy, just a nice, kind, just kind hearted man, you know? Yeah. And to think that such a kind hearted man made such devilish movies, like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. it's awesome to think about, but it's also like, Hmm. yeah but yeah so it yeah but i i meant to bring that up earlier when we were talking about him but that's something that just stuck out in my mind they all mm-hmm. just talked about how he was just so great to work with and how kind he was yeah so and david arquette said too in one interview he's like oh he was same thing such a great man such a really warm presence but he would say things like well that was terrible do you want to try again <laughs> <laughs> let's try that one more time well he's just being honest yeah like well that was terrible let's try again let's run that again yeah but uh, billy sees sydney in the hallway that's the first time they've seen each other since he's been arrested and he's kind of he's talking about how his mom left um his mom ended up leaving his dad and him something happened and she just left town she abandoned everybody And he's trying to compare that to the fact that her mom's gone. Like, both their moms are gone. And she's like, your mom left town. She's not lying in a coffin somewhere. Like, definitely not the same, Billy. She's just out there alive. You could go find her if you wanted, really wanted something to do with her. But, yeah, he's basically just telling her that she needs to calm down. And I know it's the anniversary of your mom's death. And she's like, tomorrow. It's one year tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, she just she basically is pissed at that point and just leaves. Yeah. And Isn't she, that the part where she goes into the bathroom? Yeah. And we have another encounter with Ghostface. Yeah. And at that point we see those boots. And who did you say was the person where it like the sheriff. It some, okay, yes, yes. I didn't catch that. Okay, that's yeah. and I've watched this movie a million times, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I guess I just didn't pay that pay too good of attention on that part, but because I always saw those boots, mm-hmm. but I just, you know, because they make a big deal out of them when he's, you know, lowering, lowering himself down off the toilet. Yeah. Uh, in the, you know, and that scene always freaked me out too, because it's just like, you know, going into a bathroom and you kind of just want to check all the stops. Yeah, definitely. Sure nobody's like hiding. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm pretty sure I've done that a bunch ever since watching this movie because it's just like somebody could be standing on the toilet you'd never know mm-hmm. oh man well, at the start of that scene sydney's in there using the restroom and she hears two girls yeah. talk shit about her you know yeah she was, was never rough. attacked i bet she made it all up just being petty yeah. bitches and starting she's the killer yeah what if she yeah. killed casey and steve and she finally lost her mind because her mom was murdered and now she's going on a killing rampage 
And that kind of cuts her to her core, too, because once again, it's like, okay, she's built this reputation for herself. And now it's coming crashing down because of the shit that her mom did. And that she like everybody knew more about her mom than she did. Yeah, I think it's also another thing, too about sydney sydney always wants to try and do the right thing and maybe at the time she thought that was the right thing testifying against cotton because i'm sure everybody was telling her or i mean just the evidence she was seeing they had to have some sort of evidence unless her testimony was the main thing that put him away Mm -hmm. but there must have been some sort of evidence for him to even have been tried and um you know, for her to, I think that she was just kind of in her mind thinking that that was the right thing at the time. Yeah. And now she's realizing, man, that that wasn't the right thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, also, she, we got to think, these are teenagers, too. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like, they're not grown adults. These, these are these are teenagers. And so, yeah, just that scene really, because I, I mean, I didn't get bullied like a lot, but I remember they were like in third grade. I got bullied by these girls on the bus. And Aww. I just remember just wanting to beat their asses. But I, but also I was just really like, I didn't want to get in trouble. I was one of those kids. I didn't, I didn't want to get in trouble. And I just Same. knew if I didn't, if I did anything like that, you know, and, um, but yeah, I just remember how that made me feel and it just makes you feel like helpless and mm-hmm. yeah, it just, makes you feel like crap and so yeah. I, I just know in that moment she you know she was just feeling because she's already feeling she's already doubting herself she's already feeling bad about herself and then all then these cheerleading girls come in there and mm-hmm. start the mess you know just be running their mouth yes just being bitches uh, and then right after that she gets freaking attacked <laughs> yeah the ghost face has been in there the whole time listening to everybody's yes. conversation yeah and um go yeah he lowers himself down off the toilet and then i love that shot too because then we see the costume come down and we yeah. see the bottom of it and we know at that point oh fuck it's ghost yeah, it's, in the, it's yeah. going down it's about to go down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yes yeah, sheriff burke wears those shoes um as part of his sheriff's outfit because okay sheriff the sheriff and dewey are really other than Gail are really the only two adults that are kind of around yeah. a lot, you know? Yeah. Because Sydney's dad's out of town. They're finding out that he never got on his flight. He never checked into his hotel. Yep. His car's missing. They're they're trying to figure out where he's at now. Where he's at. That's one red herring amongst many in this. Yeah, movie. so we could be her dad. Yep. Yeah. And that's where the sheriff, you know, kind of the logical thinkers in this are thinking, okay, maybe, maybe he snapped because of the anniversary of his wife's death and now he's gone yeah. on a killing spree. Yeah. Well, Dewey shows up with an ice cream cone and Sheriff Burke's smoking a cigarette and he throws that butt on the ground. And then we see the boots and then okay, there, there's, yes. like a, there's like a little ping but, in the music too. So then you're like, okay, yeah. may, oh, could it be the sheriff? You know? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I just guess I just never, yeah, never noticed that. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they're talking about at the end of the day, at the end of the school day, uh, school's been canceled because of everything going on. And they're what are they going to do? They're going to throw a giant house party. And <laughs> Tatum's trying of to convince course. Sydney to come. You know, Stu's like, "Oh, it's going to be at my house. It's going to be great." You know, you know my house. Yeah, and it'll take your mind off things. It'll be fun. And 
yeah then we get to the whole third act of the movie the whole third act takes place at the house and ironically it, it was scene 118 and a part of trivia it says the party scene near near the end of the film runs 42 minutes long it was shot over the course of 21 days from the time the sun set to the time it rose. After it wrapped, the crew had t-shirts made that read, I survived scene 118, which was the name of the scene during shooting. The cast and crew jokingly called it the longest night in horror history. Because, <laughs> I mean, all the big major things happen there. Sydney yes. and Billy have sex for the first time. She loses yeah. her virginity. She's no yeah. longer a virgin, which means she's open prey for the killer to kill now. Yes. And we get the Randy monologue scene with him doing the horror movie rules. That's the first time we've seen it painted in black and white for us, like broken down. Yeah. We're like, oh, damn, they know about these tropes, too, and they're playing on them. We get um, uh, Tatum's death. death, And uh, we think Stu killed her because he tells her to go get some beers. What am I, the beer wench? And yeah. <laughs> she gets it. She gets her head crushed in the garage door, which was a really yeah. unique kill, something you don't yeah. think of. And yeah. I think didn't because you saw the unrated version and you it really showed her head getting smashed. Yes. So I remember as a kid that was another those scenes that just like you know blew my mind i had never seen anything like that before right uh and you know and the the scene with at the beginning with steve you know getting his guts you know he gets gutted that was another one but yeah the tatum one it that one really stuck with me because i mean you just see her head get smashed you know Mm -hmm. and just for you know being a little kid that just yeah Blew my mind. Yeah, because something, I mean, something is seemingly innocent as a garage door. Now, we're thinking as kids, we get stuck in that. It could kill us. (laughs) We get, uh, we get the, (laughs) also get the Dewey and Gail kiss because they've been flirty. Dewey has a thing for her, but Gail's just wanting to get further in her career. She's going, she's going to do whatever she's got to do to get the story. Even if that means flirting, flirting with the deputy that's on the case yes exactly and oh gosh yeah the everything happens there we find out that the killers are billy and stew not just yeah. one killer but two killers. like we could have expected billy like with billy yeah. it's one of those things where it's like everybody knew he was the killer but it was so forced on us that we were thinking there's right. no way he's the killer exactly and then even at the because- end when when before because as soon as billy and sydney have sex not 10 minutes later ghostface shows up and kills him and right. so we think and stabs him and oh gosh when he's reaching his hand out saying sydney and we're we're like yeah. oh no we were wrong this whole time <laughs> <laughs> and that great chase it wasn't, it wasn't him i know like damn and then sydney's probably thinking the same thing in that moment like yeah i got it wrong again yeah because like you said the whole movie they are throwing it in your face that it's him mm-hmm. up until the jail scene and then because even at the very beginning when casey and steve get killed he runs he goes right to sydney's window 
-hmm. and it's kind of out of breath he's just a little bit sweaty if that was me i would have been pouring sweat Uh, but (laughs) if i was ghostface you'd know it was hannah ingram because i'd be i shouldn't have said my last name but (laughs) well i guess they know my last name on facebook (laughs) and stuff but anyways you would know it was the gorgal yeah uh, because yeah sweat would just be <laughs> out of there you'd be soaked <laughs> i'd be soaked but yeah so and then whenever um he runs right in whenever sydney gets attacked and then the phone drops and all that happens but then you get the part at the jail where it's like okay he didn't make the calls and she gets called by somebody else at dewey's house so you're just like you know just all this go in all different directions exactly and then we get that scene that you're talking about with where he he supposedly gets stabbed but then we find out it was just cornstarch yeah it wasn't real blood you know because we get that famous scene of him licking his fingers (laughs) yeah same stuff they use for pig's blood and carry and then we're like oh oh my god it's like two shocks in one because (laughs) we see him coming down the steps and grunting oh shit he's alive yes he made it denny's boyfriend is alive like yay for their love story yeah then because right before that sydney's trying to figure she's got the gun because dewey shows up he gets stabbed and she takes his gun out of his holster on the front porch and yeah. Stu and Randy show up and they're pointing the finger at each other. Like, it wasn't me. It was him. It was him. And then yeah. <laughs> we also don't know who to believe. And that's when Cindy yeah. goes, fuck you both and closes the door. Yeah. Like, there you go, girl. I'd have done the same thing. Yes. Me too. And then at that, that's when Billy comes down the steps. Randy finally gets in the house. Stu's flipped out. He's gone mad. We all go a little mad sometimes. And then Billy turns around, shoots Randy. And we're like, yep. what? <laughs> Sydney runs. She tries to get out, she, runs into yep. Stu. Stu, help me, please. He's yeah. got the voice changer. Yeah. Sydney. Hey, Sydney. What? There's yeah. two of them. They both can do it. <laughs> and then we get not the. Stu, no, not Stu. And yeah, after that, we get the great final scene in the kitchen. Where everything's coming yeah. to light. They're breaking everything down for Sydney. They're the ones who's been keeping her dad captive. Her dad. Yeah. Because they've got this whole plan. They've got it all planned out. And they're yeah. going to go back and forth and stab each other in the kitchen and make it look like they got in the scuffle with the killer. But they were the yeah. only two people left alive in this whole massacre. It really was the dad. They've been making the phone calls from his cell phone because that's another thing Sheriff Burke finds yeah. out that the phone, the phone right. calls came from neil prescott's cell phone and that's yes. mentioned in that conversation where we see his boots too and yeah so they they've had it all planned it's gonna be he he went crazy because of his wife's death the anniversary coming up went on a killing rampage and then at the end he couldn't take it and he kills himself can, yeah leaving billy and Stu the only two people left alive but they have right. to make it look believable so kudos to them yeah. for a for effort <laughs> They really did try, folks. They tried. Yeah. I'm feeling a little woozy here. Yes, I love that part. So, yeah, they start stabbing each other, and they almost kind of get mad at each other because they're stabbing each other too much. Mm-hmm. And um, because you first see, because I think Billy kind of starts the stabbing too much part, because at first it's like, you know, one a piece and whatever, and then it gets, you know, it's getting a little deeper. A little and, more violent. You know, yeah. 
And uh, so Stu's just like, he he's getting what he's like, I'm getting woozy here. <laughs> and he's like falling over on the, there's like a dresser or something over there. And he's like falling all over it and mm-hmm. blood's just everywhere. Cause he's got that white, they're both wearing white shirts or it's mm-hmm. like, he's got like a white sweater shirt on or something. Yeah, it's like Stu a cream does. colored sweater yes. type thing. Pull over. And then, um, Billy has on just a white, I mean, so the, the blood just stands out. I think they did that on purpose, mm-hmm. but yeah, the blood just stands out on them and it looks really, yeah, just really cool and gross. Yeah. Uh, um, gratuitous really yeah. in a way because they're just covered in it by the end of it yes yeah and they have just beat the crap out of sydney's dad like he looks awful he's looking he's rough been, yeah he was tied up in the closet he's been in the closet like the whole time hasn't he yeah the whole time they were having that or, damn party too like yeah. what would have happened if somebody would have just opened the door thinking it was a bathroom or something and saw neil prescott laying down taped up bound and gagged yeah i know and then okay so then we get doesn't billy go he goes to the front door is he gonna kill gail because yeah gail gail shows up with the gun them with the gun and of course the freaking safety's on oh yeah. my gosh so yeah billy's like you know he grabs the gun for it and he's like it would work better with the safety off yeah and so yeah oh and that we're just like man a for effort though on on gail's part she tried mm-hmm. and so doesn't he he does shoot her does in the shoulder does she get shot he no he's getting ready to shoot her but then Stu's like hey baby you're gonna love this turning around saying that to sydney and when he turns around sydney's gone gone yes good for you girl yeah so he right and uh and so at this point um this is where we kind of get where sydney she goes and gets the ghost face outfit and she puts it on and she calls them and Stu picks up and Mm -hmm. she starts talking to Stu with the um she uses the voice changer for a little bit though and then she switches doesn't she just her voice because billy answers the phone and she's like are you alone in the house and that's when he's like yeah yeah billy answers first bitch where the fuck are you and he starts just cussing her (laughs) She's like, we're going to play yeah. a little game that's called, guess who called the police on your sorry motherfucking ass? Yes. <laughs> and he's screaming it. He's screaming at poor Stu saying, get up, you dipshit. And he's like, I think you yeah. caught me too deep, Billy. Too deep. Yeah. I think I'm dying here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I think that's another reason I just love uh sydney so much is she kind of threw she threw the game back onto these dudes you know mm-hmm. and, and yeah and she's just so badass yeah. like she is just a badass scream queen but yeah and now do i think it was a little illogical to go and put that outfit on and do all that mess i would have just started slashing and gashing cutting right. holes and asses as he says in scary movie i think that's scary movie too oh yeah <laughs> gash. on the phone yeah thank god um but yeah so but yeah i would have just started trying to get it i wouldn't have done you know but of course it's a movie and yeah that you know they had dramatic dramatic effect but i thought i mean it worked it was great and and she gets the up and up on these dudes and she comes out of the closet with an umbrella that's mm-hmm. like another one of my favorite scenes is when she stabs him with that umbrella oh you just know that had to hurt that hurt and he sat right in the heart and i think she stabs him like two or three times with it uh because she comes out with it yeah she comes out with it real hard and then i think she gets him again yeah um but yeah and then uh 
she uh, later on i think he gets the he tries to get up on her but she sticks her finger in that <laughs> oh god and he just starts wailing <laughs> Well, we got to talk about oh. we got we got to talk about Billy's ultimate motive because this okay, all, yes, all these killings all these killings are really motivated by stuff that happened with Billy and how yes Sydney's mom Maureen plays into all that yeah he, doesn't Sydney ask uh, like what the motive is or something and yeah he's like, and, I, and he's like well does ev- at first does everybody she- have to have a motive did Norman Bates have a motive did they find out why yeah. he collector like to eat people don't think so but he's right. like okay if you really want motive how's this your poor mother was sleeping with my father with my and dad. she's the reason my mom left my and mom abandoned left. the family yeah. And we're just like, what? Yeah. And even Sydney's face is just like, huh? Like yep. even, you know, she just, her jaw just drops. And she's just like, oh, you know. But I think that too was just for, that was just more further information for her to be like, yeah, my mom was not, my mom the was the worst she thought she was. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I kept hitting about it the whole podcast and like saying, We'll get to that part, but yes, oh, yeah, he ends up being the one that killed her mom. Mm-hmm. And I think even we were talking about this the other night. Stu was even surprised too, we think. Yeah. We don't think he knew about that whole thing. Mm-hmm. We think he was just in it. He was just in it for the fun and he was Billy's lap dog pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So. Billy was definitely the mastermind. And I think it was just yeah. more fun for Stu and trying to fit in and be like Billy. Right. Yeah. And like you said, they're kids in high school. They don't yeah. really, they really don't know what they're doing at the end of the day. I mean, they yeah. think they do, but they really don't. Yeah. And not only was it Maureen's fault that his mom left because she was screwing his dad, but we find out too that Sydney was wrong. It wasn't Cotton. It was Billy that killed yes, her that killed mom. Right. And he, yeah and she she's like he says yeah he says you wouldn't believe me how you wouldn't believe how easy it was to frame him and that's yeah. when Stu's like watch a few movies take a few notes it was fun yeah. <laughs> just to talk a little bit about the comedic relief in this movie it's great and it's always at the right time it is it's so and great you, you find yourself laughing at times that you don't you probably shouldn't be laughing but it's funny you're like, oh and, man, I'm you not know, supposed to laugh. <laughs> you, yes, but you've got Stu, you know, Stu Monker, Matthew Lillard, he's hilarious. Randy, David Arquette is uh, the Deputy Dewey, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Tatum is funny. Like, yes. she's got those smart little smart-ass quips that, yep. you know, I just love her. And what, and I was telling Anna, like, we're, fr- we're friends like Tatum. Like, mm-hmm. we go to bat for each other. Like, she goes to bat for Sydney. Mm-hmm. That's how we are for each other. And yeah, Tatum it just plays such a good friend, too, in this movie. But Yeah, Tatum was yeah, a good the, friend. The way this movie just mixes all the good, you know, horror, gore, you know comedy uh it yeah it just does it perfectly it really (laughs) does 
Yes. So good. Just all the twists and turns and you think it's this person, but then it's not. And then, oh, it's this, wait, but no, it's not. And then, oh, it's these two people. I yeah. thought it was just going to be one person. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God, like this whole time we thought that Cotton was the killer of her mom. And then it turns out it's uh, Billy, which I mean, it's kind of throwing that doubt at you throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. But you just, you're still just not expecting that. I know. Man. Two motives, Sorry, really. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's man. there's definitely a lot going on and a lot of revelations going on in that final scene. Yes. A lot of information yeah. being thrown at you. Right. And so when Sydney finds her out, she's gone, boy. And <laughs> I love when Stu or uh Billy throws the phone and it's Stu and he's like, Oh, you hit me with the phone, dick. <laughs> and that's when he gets on the phone and he's like, Did you really call the police? And Sydney goes, You bet your sorry you ass I did. Sorry ass I did. My mom and dad are going to be They're so gonna be And, and Matthew Lillard. You. Yeah, Matthew Lillard ad-libbed that. And Wes Craven thought it was so hilarious that he kept it in the movie. And that's one of the yeah. most iconic quotes from it. It really is. Yes. But definitely. like you said, it goes back to them just being kids. Now, kids. the reality of what they've done is setting in. And holy yeah. shit. We're not going to get away with it this time. Get away with this. Right. Because they've gotten away with Maureen's murder for a whole year. Yeah. They've been killing people around town. Nobody can figure out who it is. They think they've got it in the bag. Then when shit hits the fan, they their age comes back to them in a way. Like, think about your parents in those situations. Like, oh, shit. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're not thinking about how the whole town is going to be pissed at you because you've just killed a bunch of, you know, you've killed a lot of these people's kids. Yeah. Uh, You know, they're not thinking about the consequences of going to jail. I mean, the first thing they think of is their parents are going to be so ticked or disappointed, you know, or disappointed even just. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, after she bursts out and gets Billy, Stu gets a burst of energy. And he runs at her, and that's when he's like, I've always had a thing for you, Sid. And I think she bites his hand, and then he... Yeah, they have a tussle. Yeah, he gets kneed in the nuts, and then then he calls her a bitch, and she goes, in your dreams, and throws the TV down on his face. Yeah. So good. I wonder if that was kind of an homage to Nightmare on Elm Street. I was thinking that, that too, just now. he turns into the TV. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering if that was and in Dream Warriors in your dreams too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was wondering if that kind of is an homage to that. Maybe it could be, <laughs> could be. Yeah, but yeah, Stu, we Stu's dead. He's a goner. He's been electrocuted, and he probably would have eventually bled out had they not gotten him to a hospital or oh, anything. Yeah. But Rand, we find out Randy's alive, and he tells Sydney he's yeah, never he- been more happy to be a virgin in his entire <laughs> life. <laughs> And then Billy pops up, punches him in the face. We're like, no, Randy. Yeah. And he, he jumps on Sydney. He's strangling her. And he says, say hello to your mother because he's ready to kill her. And that's oh, yeah. when she sticks that finger in there. Gosh. In that and he room. starts wailing, dude. He stole that. Like, you, oh, man. Yes. You would have thought she was really doing that to him. Yes. And he raises up to stab her, and that's when Gail comes in with the gun. Yep, with she the gun. Get the damn safety this time, you bastard. That's what she yes. says. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, she's got a bloody lip looking rough, but she shows yeah, up. Yeah, her hair is all 
everywhere. At the end yeah. of the day, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty if she has to. Right. If she has to. And she does yeah. end up saving the day a few times in the franchise as in a whole. The series. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. And one scene I did want to talk about it that I really love is when Randy's laying on the couch and he's watching Halloween. Isn't it Halloween he's watching? Uh-huh. And uh <clears throat> and the the killer starts coming up behind him. Oh man, he has no idea. That is such a great scene. It is. And and then you get the scene in the news van where it's on a 30 second delay. Yeah. And they're watching the same thing, but it's already happened mm-hmm. and they but they don't know. And then Ghostface shows up and kills Gail's assistant. He yeah, gets kills, his throat slit. Yeah, Kenny gets it. Yeah. Poor Kenny. Man, she treated him like straight up crap. I know sometimes. she did. Even oh, when he's bleeding was... out on top of the news van, she's like, I'm sorry, yes. Kenny, but get off my fucking windshield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Kenny. The uh, the dad's also still alive. Bless his heart. Oh, he's yeah, been forgotten about again because once Sydney gets away, she grabs him too and puts him back in the closet pretty much and hides yeah. him. And because I mean, she had to have known they're looking for her. They're not even thinking about him at that point. Yeah. So th- he busts out of that closet, and she even she's like, "Oh, Dad, you know, I'm sorry, I forgot oh, about no. you." Takes the duct tape off his mouth and and all that, and that's when I love when Randy says, "Be careful. This is the moment in scary movies where the killer comes back to life for one back. last scare." Ha! Yeah. Ah, and Billy just yeah. pops up. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Sydney shoots him right between the eyes, man. Not yep, in my movie. Not in my movie. Boom, mic drop. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Such a great movie. Such man. a great movie. Yeah, uh, the so sun's iconic. coming up, the night's over, and it's like yep. the dawn of a new day, essentially. We get the all the ambulances are showing up. At, we find out Dewey did make it. He is alive. He's yep. being wheeled out on a stretcher at the end, gives the old thumbs up. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Gail's bloody looking like shit still, and she's ready to report the news. She's got her microphone. Yes, she and, is. And she goes live. And it, I yep. love the great, the nice little panning shot up above the big farmhouse. The and, yeah. It all began with a scream over 911 and ended in a bloodbath. You know, and it's like, oh, yes. I got goosebumps just then. Me too. <laughs> but it's a great little way just to, to fade it out. So good. Yeah. So, so good. Man. So good. That is screen, you guys, from 1996. Yes, it is. All right. Oh, let's let's give our rating. Man. I'll go first. Yep. Screen Queen, go first. Five million out of five. <laughs> it will always be. Duh. It'll, it'll always be good. Yeah. It's I, it's my favorite horror movie ever. And I love yeah. the franchise as a whole. It really, I mean, the horror genre was kind of dead before this came out. Yeah. This really gave the horror genre a resurgence it needed. And I feel like that wave's been going ever since. And people have been yeah. writing what Scream has done and they've tried to recreate it. And the magic yeah. is kind of still there, but it will never be the same magic like as it. that original Scream. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I, I think the music in it's great too. There's a lot of iconic songs, like the whisper to a Scream song at the end when the credits are playing. Red Right yeah. Hand is, is iconic. The Sydney, like Sydney Lament song. I don't even know if that's what it's yeah. called. Thinking of Sally and Jack's Lament. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's like Sydney's little tune, like the whole little vocalization. Yeah. 
Um, it's just great all around. I love Matthew Lillard in it, it and even Billy too. They're just two great killers. Yes. You get the best of both worlds with them. You get the kind of rage and motive and teen angst yeah. with Billy, and then you get the goofy funniness of Stu that we love in these yeah. comedies, you know. Right. Yeah, Sydney, my favorite Scream Queen. I just, yeah, I love it. I will always love it. It's one that everybody needs to see, whether you like horror movies or not. It's one that new generations are going to be watching and getting into yeah. long after we're gone. Like, it's made right. its mark in the horror genre, and I don't think it'll go anywhere. Hannah? Of course, five out of five. Yeah, and I buddy. Can also say five million out of five as well. <laughs> um, I mean, Anna's pretty much summed it up, but yeah, this is one of those movies for me. It will always be that, that movie. Uh, I, I grew up on it. It's one of those I've enjoyed uh, it over the years and I just continue to, my love for it just continue to grow. I don't exactly know. I mean, we don't know where the, the franchise is going. We're kind of just on the train to say, just stop, leave it alone. Yeah. Bring it back in another decade if, if you must, but you know, yeah. d- but even if they don't ever bring it back, you will like the magic will continue on. Like this yeah. franchise is still going to be beloved by, you know, kids, generations to come. It, it's exactly. it's just it's just that horror movie. Yeah. Um. It, it the the cast is great in it. Of course, yes. Like Anna said, Matthew Lillard. Mwah. Uh, Nev Campbell is Sydney Prescott. She's my favorite Scream Queen too. She's just that perfect mix of emotional badass. Ass, like you know she's emotional when it needs to be emotional but she can get shit done when she needs to get shit done like exactly and yeah. uh and that's just the kind of scream queen i like you know and mm-hmm. yeah and plus her the iconic part of the end her putting the the outfit on and kind of doing to the boys what they did to her like uh, yeah, yeah it, it's great mm-hmm. um but yeah, and this is one that I, like I had said, I've always, I've grown up on it. I've always loved it and I will continue to love it. And yeah, it is a 5 million out of 5 for me. One of my comfort movies. I could watch it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm never, ever going to be like, oh, I'm, I think I'm getting tired of that. No, yeah. you will never hear that come out of my mouth as far exactly. as is concerned. Same. So, but yeah, and it gets me excited to see, you know, like I have some, the, a couple girls I know from high school on my Facebook and, and they love Scream. And I'm like, man, I didn't think they would like that. But even Pete, you know, they like it too. And yeah. they're getting their kids into it. Mm-hmm. You've gotten Marley into it. Like, yeah, yeah. that's just how, you know, the magic is always going it, to, it's always going to continue on. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, and Wes Craven, he, he definitely captured magic in a bottle with this one. And he also resurged horror in the nineties with this movie. Mm-hmm. So I will forever be grateful to scream and Wes Craven. <laughs> so, but yeah, that five million out of five as well. For me. I love it. Well, Hunter gave us his rating and he rated it a four out of five. Uh, which I, I'm glad he did. I'm glad we got a four out of him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he, he told Hannah, this is that it's like, he's like, this is y'all's thing. Yes. Um, but we got to get him to watch two through four because yeah. I, I have a love for four as much as I love the original. And it's yeah. kind of in the same realm for me. Like I love Halloween two as well. And sometimes I'll, I'll end up watching Halloween two more than the original. And yeah. it kind of, I kind of do that with Scream 4 too, because it really helped capture that chemistry and magic of this group of friends and what they're going through. Yeah. This new group of friends that felt original, but we've still got the core cast in the background. 
you know, yeah. Sydney just wrote her book. Gail and Dewey are married and Gail's trying to start writing again and get her career up. Yeah. So we still have the past, but we've got this new generation too. So that's yeah. why I, I just love it. I can't wait for Hunter to watch that one too. <laughs> yeah. But me yeah, too. he's a, he's more, he's more of a monster guy. I feel like. Yes. Like he'll definitely. watch whatever. He'll watch whatever. But his preference is more of like the zombies and the werewolves and yeah. kaiju and, 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 and he does like, like Halloween is his slasher. Yeah. If he had to pick Halloween. That's the one that he kind of, he didn't really grow up on scream like we did. You exactly. know, when you grow up on something like this and you've got such good memories of it. Yeah. And it's what has shaped, like, I really feel like this movie is what shaped my love of gore so much. Cause I remember watching it and I was fascinated with it. I was drawn to it. I thought it was so cool. Like yeah. it didn't make me go like, oh, I can't, I can't watch that. Like I was like, oh, I want more of this. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And so, but for Hunter, there's other movies for him that are like that. And, right. um, you know, Scream just isn't that one for him. So, but, uh, but I still, even if I took away the fact that it's one of my favorite movies, you still, that this movie would still be a five out of five for me. It yeah. still holds up as far as oh, that's yeah. concerned. But, but yeah, for Hunter, he just, it, it's just not that movie. It's just not that movie to him. Yeah. <laughs> but he still gave it a very, you know, four out of five, I think is a very good rating for somebody that isn't as into it as we are. Oh so. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's timeless horror. It's, it really is. Yeah. It's definitely. And Scream 2 was the first horror movie I saw in theaters with my mom. Yeah. And I just couldn't wait to go see it in the movie theater. Yeah. It was exciting. And I wish I could have seen it in theaters. I'm a little younger than you too. So Mm -hmm. I did, whenever I started watching it, because I would have been four when it came out. Right. So. Yeah, I was seven. I was seven when it came out. And then by the time two came out, I was eight, you know, and I'd been watching stuff. So mom was like, okay, we can take her to see this. She'll sit through it, you know. Exactly. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah, So I didn't watch it till later. I probably watched it in the early 2000s and we rented it. Mm -hmm. But yeah. But But even like all the other ones we had seen before that, it wasn't until Scream came around that we, it really helped. Like you said, shape who, what we like in horror and what we want to go, what we want to go for and what we want to watch more of. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm glad we got that out of our system. (laughs) We finally reviewed the first scream. Now we can start reviewing scream two and scream three and we can. This was our chance to nerd out. Okay. Hunter got Conan last week. Hunter got Conan last week. (laughs) I do have a little bit of trivia real quick. So the high school scenes were to be shot at Santa Rosa High School in California. However, very close to the shooting date, the school board read the script and denied the film to be shot there due to the violent nature, as they had been under the impression the film was a comedy. Production was moved to Hillsburg, California. As payback, director Wes Craven put in the end credits under the special thanks section, no thanks whatsoever to the Santa Rosa School District Governing Board. Like, what a petty baddie. I love it. Oh, no. That's some shit I'd have done. Yep, same. So the film was released in December, five days before Christmas. The studio did this because during the holiday season, family-friendly movies are usually released, and the studio wanted to give the horror audience something to see during a time when no horror movies would be out. It opened at number four with $6.4 million, which led the studio to believe the film had flopped. However, the film's good word of mouth is what led to its success at the box office, with every week it went up or stayed at the same place in the box office. By the end of its run, it ended up making over $100 million at the box office. All by word Crazy. of mouth. 
all yes. by word of mouth. That is crazy. I think that's how it happened with Scream, too. Like with my mom, I think her friend had went and saw it in the theater and told yeah. my mom, like, you've got to see this. And then when it came oh. out, you know, we rented yeah. it yeah. and Y'all watched would, it yeah. that way. But yeah, it that's just, awesome. it, it stayed in theaters, I think, for what, 31 weeks total? 31 weeks, yeah. Crazy to think about these days. Yeah. Definitely. But that's why that's one thing Bob Weinstein said. He was like, "Well, uh, what the fuck are the teenagers going to watch on Christmas? They don't want to watch family friendly movies. Yeah. They want to watch a horror, <laughs> horror movie. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> well, if you guys have not seen Scream by now, what are you doing with your life? Yes, what the heck? This movie's easily accessible anywhere. You can buy it on regular dvd blu-ray 4k whatever yeah. the fuck you want on streaming it's on streaming services yeah, it's on paramount plus yeah it's on paramount plus right now it bounces back and forth like sometimes it'll be on hbo max most of the time it is on paramount plus though because it, it i think paramount owns the rights now to the yes yeah they, they put out five and six um but yeah get out there and watch these they deserve to be seen i think above yes they do above anything like yeah above anything yeah. you have not seen scream and you and you not only call yourself a horror lover but a movie lover you yeah watch it. yes you gotta watch it like Agreed. the satirical comedy in it the way it knows itself you know and it mm -hmm. throws the rules out there oh mm -hmm. so good yeah and and as far as how we feel about scream seven i think like hannah touched on earlier i know our stance is just shelve it just put it the fuck yeah. up just cancel it because yeah. I really, we really enjoyed Scream Five and Scream Six. Six. Um, yeah. Love Jenna Ortega. I love the core four. Yeah. They really felt, you know, Scream Five had that same feel as Scream Four for me. It four. felt like and, the original yeah. because of the chemistry. I love Jack Quaid too. So he was a great yeah, little addition too. to that cast. Um, yeah. Definitely. Just wonderful scenes, really gruesome scenes, long shots. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Scream 6 was a good sequel. I know it got shit on a lot. We reviewed it early yeah. in our Cinema Slab career as one of the first, I yeah. think the first 10 we reviewed, I believe. Yeah. Not too so far too. after. But yeah, I think that after everything that's happened, I just shelve it. Like, just forget about it. We yeah. got the ending of Scream 6 now is kind of more poetic than it was beforehand. Yeah. Because it kind of did tie everything up in a way. So they could very well just end it there. You don't just have to make a trilogy yeah, because just, you think that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Just put it up for another 10 years. Like it was 10 years between Scream 3 and Scream 4. And then Scream 4, it makes me sad. It's kind of off on its own in the oblivion. And then yeah. 10 years later, we get Scream 5. We get five. And then immediately Scream 6. And now they're trying to crank out a Scream 7. And it's like, just stop. Like, just stop yeah. it. Yeah. Come back to it again in another 10 years. Especially losing Jenna and the other girl. I'm sorry, I've lost her name. Melissa Barrera. Yeah. I mean, losing them, you know, I would have been for Scream 7 if they were coming. But Same. now it's like, I mean, what are they going to do? I, I just don't see how. Yeah. Yeah. Just stop yeah. it. Just, <laughs> just stop. stop yeah. And if you must come back in another 10 years. But even if they just stopped it with this one, I would be happy. Yeah. That's what I hope they so. just end up doing all together. I was happy when they just stopped, you know, if they would have just stopped with four, I would have, you know. But Yeah. 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 But anyway, I mean, but five and six were great, but they could have stopped at four. Yeah. If they wanted definitely. to. Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about what's fresh on our slab real quick. 
fresh on the slab. Well, uh, Marley was out of school last week for the weather, and we went and saw Night Swim, that new Blumhouse yeah. movie with Wyatt Russell. She's been dying to see it. I was skeptical. I don't like water in horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was it was a very interesting premise. I think they had something. If maybe they would have fleshed out the script a little more, I feel like it needed a little more information. Yeah. But, I mean, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. I would recommend at least giving it a watch, but it's not going to be the best thing you've ever seen, you know? Right. And Wyatt Russell, <laughs> Wyatt Russell was in it, so I was like, oh, well, maybe I've got hope. But yeah, it was kind of meh. Yeah, other than that, I've just, oh, I just I rewatched Scream and then we watched something together last weekend. Yes. <laughs> so we watched Saltburn. Yeah, buddy. Weekend. Yeah, it gr- it's great. <laughs> like at first, okay, I will admit I've kind of went back and forth with it because it is pretty shocking. And for me, like gore gal, I'm all about the gore. But when it comes to like <laughs> sexually gross stuff woo! that just oh man it got her but it yeah, got the so, gore gal y'all it got yeah, her it got me it definitely got me so but um but yeah the more i've so at first when i watched it i was kind of like mm, i don't know about it i'm i was kind of eh, i don't know if i'm that crazy about it but then the more i've thought about it and just kind of replayed some of the stuff over and over in my mind mm-hmm. i'm like it's a pretty brilliant like it's a pretty brilliant movie uh, and it, yeah. it got me you know there's a lot of twists and turns just kind of you know like scream this one's got its twists and turns buddy mm-hmm. so um but yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed Saltburn. i'm excited we are going to review it um in the near future yeah i am excited to watch it again and mm. you know just to kind of get that just to wa- kind of watch it again with a new now that i kind of know what is going on yeah um I- i'm excited to watch it again and review it so yeah we watched Saltburn together and then uh the night before i had i watched legally blonde no oh, we yeah. had reviewed american psycho and i i just got we had kind of talked about reese witherspoon and legally blonde and so i was like you know what i'm gonna watch that i was yeah. waiting on hunter to get here because we had a movie planned to watch so i watched that then hunter got here and we watched uh halloween three season of the witch oh yeah uh, that's one of my that's one of my favorite halloweens even though it doesn't have michael myers in it i know it's kind of controversial yeah but i've always enjoyed it um and I hadn't watched it since I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I remember as a kid really liking it and it shocking me in some of the scenes. And so we watched it and I got to admit, it wasn't as great as I remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the story's just a little spotty in parts and like it does kind of jump around a little bit, but Tom Atkins in it. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah, so good. Uh, he, you know, he's a, a babe in it and he's all the women are falling all over him. I, I, it's hilarious. I love yeah. it. So we watched that. I think Hunter, I think Hunter enjoyed it pretty well too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched Scream this week and saltburn yeah so that was that was my movies this week Hell i'm yeah. still i gotta finish midnight mass I, i'm yeah. on episode i think three or four um and the last episode i saw really kind of has got me sucked in so i need to start because it was anna had told me it was a slow burn and it was but yeah. i was still interested in it and then that last episode i watched it kind of tied some things together for me at the end mm-hmm. where i'm like okay i'm i'm saying yeah i want to keep going yeah so 
Uh, you yeah, it. so I've been watching Midnight Mass, and yeah, mostly after that, it's been YouTube. Oh, Y'all yeah. know I'm a YouTube gal, so yeah, I am too these days. <laughs> yep, I've been watching it all the time. I know watching Markiplier, Bob, and Way play the Lethal Company. Yeah, Lethal Company. We love the company. Love the company. Marley loves it too. We've been singing that damn song for two weeks now. God, it would be our lifelong dream if we could get all three of them on the podcast. That would be so much fun. That would be epic. Oh, that would be so much. Yeah, it would be. That would be Maybe epic someday. We come on our podcast, Markiplier and Bob and Wade. Bob and Wade. Oh my gosh! Alrighty, you guys. That ties episode forty-six into a bow—a perfect little birthday bow for the Screen Queen. Yeah, and I'm really glad we finally got to review it. Me too. And next week, we are returning for Hannah's pick, and she chose... Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, buddy. I'm excited. because I have, has, Yes. She I'm has not, not seen, seen any. any. <laughs> I'm glad you're starting so with I the decided, first one. Yeah, so I decided to start with the first one because the second one, Temple of Doom, is actually my favorite because it has more horror aspects to it. Okay. And it's actually got some good gore in it at some points of it. Um, but yeah, that of course that's my mom's least favorite. She always anytime she goes to put on Indiana Jones, I'm like, Let's watch Temple of Doom and she's like, No, I yeah. don't like that one. I, I mean like she'll it. watch it, but that's just not her that's not her because there and there's another scene where they're eating like weird food and stuff oh my gosh i can't wait for you to watch it I'm but excited. i told anna we could yeah we could kind of do it like we were talking about doing scream where we kind of review them in order mm-hmm. and uh so i, I think I, that's why i wanted to start with the first one because she needs to see raiders yeah uh, to kind of introduce introduce her into the indiana jones lore so yep. but yeah i'm, excited. I'm super excited I am too. Woo-hoo! All right, you guys, you can follow us on Instagram at Cinema Slab Podcast, and we're on all the major podcatchers, Spotify, Apple, Google, all that good stuff. So signing off, I'm your Scream Queen. I'm your Gorgal. And we'll see you guys next week. I think we know the rest of the story. It's about time you